just talk amongst yourselves for a while. My device is looking for me and refuses to open until it recognises me. <laughs> I think it likes me in portrait mode. Yeah. Thank you for that. Great way to start your message. Have the people you love the most make a fool of you in front of everybody. I mean, who has the idea that the, uh, the person preaching actually knows what they're doing is in, sort of in charge? Anybody had that sort of impression? Good. That's what we try to project. Uh, but I, I must tell you that this week has been a, an interesting one for me as I've been planning my message. Every time I, I, I prayed about it, God gave me people's names instead of a topic, which was very frustrating. And then during the week I was listening to a podcast and I was walking to the gym at the time. I know you can't tell, but... And they were talking about fruitfulness and I suddenly sort of felt I got this download from God about fruitfulness. And while I was preparing the message last night, I thought I'd re-listen to it just to um, encourage myself and see if I'd missed anything. And I listened to most of the podcast and it doesn't mention fruitfulness at all. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. So... I'm actually feeling as though I'm on, I'm on shaky ground here. I've got the feeling God's got something planned here. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place, but I don't know quite how he's moving. I've made a few preparations just in case my plans and his plans align. I'm hoping that at some point they do. But let's see what he does, shall we? Let's pray before we begin. Lord, this morning we, we're putting our faith in you. We're thanking you that your Holy Spirit is in charge here, that we are looking forward to a download from heaven. We thank you that you're bringing us love, compassion, wisdom, healing if it's needed, deliverance, changes of heart, changes of mind. Not through our strength, Lord, but through yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been an exciting year so far. We've got this ministry centre that we've opened over the road and, and we like to be a bit organised. So guess what we preached on the beginning of the year? Vision. What we can see, what we, what we can project that we, we can do with the resources that God is giving us. And then we opened the centre and we, we started preaching on soul winning. And this was actually intentional. I, I, I mean, I, I know that sometimes you think that I'm a bit random, but it's a planned randomness. It's like planned spontaneity. spontaneity. I believe in it. I t totally believe in it. And so we, were t we preached on soul winning because the thing about getting something like a new building is that we tend to place magical properties on the building. You know, the ministry centre is going to build our church. No, it's not. It's just sitting there. It's not building anything. It is a building. That, you know, the extra space is going to build our, our kids' ministry. No. Prayer and teachers and people are going to build our children's ministry. It's going to impact our, our community because we're there in the office 
readily available. Nobody knows I'm up there. <laughs> Most of the time I'm not. <laughs> Shh, don't. So I thought it was important for, for us to, to really grasp hold of the fact that soul winning is what we're here for. That, that helps us. That is a tool and aid. It, it's something that's, that, even if it just generates enough excitement to invite people to come to church and say, look at our new building. That's a, that's a start. Don't let that be the be all and end all. And guess what we're preaching on next? Uh, after fruitfulness. <laughs> I mean, this, is only, this is going for two weeks. After two weeks, I'm going to Fiji. And uh, it's Pentecost Sunday that Sunday. And I think Nathan has something special prepared for that. So, look. But when we come back, it's going to be God is able. Because we're leading up to the time of year where we launch our Rise and Build campaign. And so we talk about what, we, what God can do through us, what, what we can do to actually physically build his kingdom here. And guess what? This year I'm believing we're going to go to another level. We have already seen God's goodness when it comes to buildings, our building fund. I think, and I might be talking out of school here because I haven't discussed this a lot, but we're thinking of changing the name. I won't tell you what to because that would probably get me into trouble. But it's, it's going to be, we're going up a level. Changing the name, we're, we're looking, we're broadening our horizons. It's, it's going to be exciting, so get ready for that. But I thought, okay, how can I tie these two together? How can we go from soul winning to God is able? What, what, what do we need to understand? What do we, what's something key in that mix? And that's where I think fruitfulness comes in. Because I don't know about you, but when I first became a Christian, the word that was most used in helping me in my Christian walk was faithfulness. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 was a verse that was used. You know, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And through their faith, people in days of old earned a good reputation. So as I grew up, faithfulness was the thing that was important. You know, faithfulness meant turning up to prayer meetings on a Wednesday night at 7.30pm, just in case you didn't get it before. Faithfulness means praying every day, reading, reading my Bible, turning up to church, doing what the Word of God tells me to do. And then, as, as I matured as a Christian, people ch started changing the language that applied to me, and people started talking to me about fruitfulness. As though faithfulness wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, it's good. yeah we, faithfulness is good, but fruitfulness is what Jesus wants. And I can remember thinking, what's this fruitfulness business? Yeah, I, I do all the right things. What more do I need to do? And so this, this whole idea of fruitfulness was introduced to me. And if you look in Genesis, which is right at the beginning of the Bible, so it's you know, it's, the, it's the foundation of things. It says, God blessed them. Genesis 1.28. It said, be fruitful and multiply. That doesn't mean eat fruit and learn maths. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. This... Let me tell you, it's good doctrine. 
But what does it mean? What does it actually mean to be fruitful? It's easy to, to confuse fruitfulness with productivity. After all, Genesis 1.28 did say, be fruitful and multiply. And a lot of us look at that and we think, well, fruitfulness means multiplication. But it doesn't. Fruitfulness and increase are often, because of our Western mindset, I think, inextricably linked. That we look at people and when we're asked to determine whether people are fruitful, we look to see whether they're productive. And sometimes I think this stops us being fruitful. Who wants to be fruitful? Who sometimes has days when they're not productive? A lot more of you said that than wanted to be fruitful. <laughs> but I suspect that often our fear of fruitfulness is our fear of being, having our productivity measured. We like the idea of fruitfulness, but it implies a burden that God is putting on us. So I want to actually encourage us this morning. That burden is not the burden we think it is. It's a lot lighter than we think it is, and it's probably a, lot, a bit different to what we're thinking. So let's, let's look at the difference between these two concepts. We've got productivity on one hand and fruitfulness on the other. Now, productivity is a, is a, is a factory-based idea. It's, it's like productivity is output. So if you've got a factory and you're making spanners, the productivity of the factory is how many spanners it can make. And when we increase the productivity, what do you get? More spanners. Now, let me tell you, if you plant a spanner, it will not grow another factory. Which is odd because most of us don't actually even think of planting spanners. But the fruit, if we, if we want to refer to it as fruit, the fruit actually becomes the exclusive measure of worth of that production. The, the health of the factory, if we can call it that, doesn't enter into it. It's actually the, the, the fruit that is the, the measure. And the, the aspect of being part of the production, and I'm going to use the word vine here, to, to talk about trees, bushes, plants, whatever, because the Bible uses a vine a lot of times. And so when I say vine, I don't necessarily mean grapes and a vine. I'm talking about plants and fruit produced. But the picture behind me obviously reinforces the, the vine idea. So when I use it, I'm actually talking generically. But if we talk about being part of the, the vine, production doesn't include what it's like to be a part of that process. It implies we can do it in our own strength. And the more productive a process, the more fruit it produces. Whereas you see, fruitfulness is a totally different term. It's a holistic term that while it encompasses the end result of having a harvest of fruit, it encompasses other things like the health of the vine that produces the fruit. It includes the idea of seasons. Who knows what season the vines are in right now? They've just finished harvest. It's autumn, the leaves are disappearing. If you looked at a vine right now, you'd say these things are useless. There are no grapes on them. But it's a different season. They are still fruitful. It extends the Im impact of bearing fruit beyond the one season of harvest to all four seasons. It looks to a long-term vision of both health 
and productivity. You see, the, the success of fruitfulness is not more grapes, it's more vines. If you plant, if you get grapes, get, do you know what grapes have in them? Seeds. If, except, let's not go with the seedless table grapes. <laughs> but if you get a bunch of grapes from a vineyard and you stick it in the soil, guess what will come up? Another bunch of grapes? No, vines. And that is the difference between productivity and fruitfulness. The fruit does not give rise to more fruit, gives rise to more vines. So fruitfulness produces more of the vine, not the fruit. Productivity just produces more fruit. Fruitfulness has two perspectives. There's an outward perspective, because the seeds are there to reproduce. There's definitely a part of fruitfulness that requires growth beyond what and who we are now. But it's possibly not the way you've been visualising it, and I'm going to talk more about that next Sunday. But there's an inward perspective I want to talk about today, which is the health of the vine and the capacity of the vine to do two things. One, produce good fruit. And the second thing is to keep producing fruit. I'll wait till later. No, I won't. Bjarke and Kara. <laughs> it's all right, Lucy could have said. You guys, just stay seated. I was praying during the week and you guys didn't come up at all. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but God's just placed something on Because I think when I mentioned seasons, he pointed me to you two and said, you're going through a change of seasons. I mean, I don't have to be psychic or, or even talk to God about that because I know that things are happening. But he, he just wants to say, follow your heart, not your head. Don't let the world push you in directions that it wants you to go. This is a place for rest, a place for decisions, and a place for quiet. There is no urgency. There is no hurry in God's plan. But what he has for you is actually going to enrich you beyond what you could believe. He's, I really get the feeling it's, it's just calmness. That doesn't mean you'd have to be boring, or, or, but it's a sense that there's a, there's a, in all your activity, there's a rock at the center which keeps pulling you back and keeping you centered. And whatever happens over the next months, years, whatever the timeline, that there will always be something that draws you back to a central place and, you can, and you'll be able to make a decision. This is for me, this isn't. This door is going to stay closed, this one is going to open. And he's going to bless your decisions, he's going to be with you in those decisions and it's going to be amazing. Don't know where that came from. Things are changing. Things beyond your control and you're going to hate them. God says, rest. Things are going to come into your life that you would normally react to. God's saying, ignore them. Sit back, watch it happen, 
and wait for the result. And when you see the result, then move, but not before. Anyway, I should, I should preach. Um, where was it? it? Right. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, is, is a bit serious. It says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. Ooh. Suddenly the atmosphere's got a bit frosty. But ignore that bit. But it says, You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. See, if it... If it Works with wolves in sheep's clothing. It works with sheep. You can identify them by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So what's this verse telling us? Except just about fruit. <laughs> it tells us that the type of fruit that we produce defines us. Interestingly, it doesn't say the amount of fruit we produce defines us. God doesn't see us as a factory. It's the type of fruit. What sort of fruit do we want to produce? Good fruit. What does that mean? What's good fruit? How do we measure the goodness of fruit? Does it mean that those of you who produce avocados are good? And those of you who produce wheat are not because it's got gluten in it? Is this, is this what we're talking about? Do you want to know what good fruit is? Easy. Galatians 5.22 the Holy Spirit produces this sort of fruit in our lives. Who knows the Holy Spirit is good? Therefore, if he produces fruit in our lives, what sort of fruit is it? Good fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things yet. Oh, it doesn't say that. So I want to ask you, who's got at least one of those things in their lives? Who's got all of them? Well, I would hope that, actually some of us have got, the, the, the big question is, who's got all of them all at once in their lives? No. See, the great thing about fruitfulness is that sometimes we're in autumn. The fruit's all fallen off. <laughs> if, if you looked at people, sometimes you cannot see the fruit. But the problem is in the Christian world, we often look at those people and say, they're off the rails. God's not in their life. They're, they're, they're in the desert. They're, there's a great, and they're wandering in the desert. There's a term I often hear of people who don't appear to have fruit in their life. But the great thing about Jesus, the great thing about God is that he talks about him being the vine and us being the branches and we're attached to that vine. And if God goes through seasons and we're attached to God, guess what? We're going to go through seasons. There are going to be times when people see fruit in our lives. 
And other times when all they see is leaves, sometimes they're just going to see branches, bare with nothing on them. And I think the, the trap that we've got to avoid falling into is believing that we are not fruitful because we're in a season where you can't see fruit. If we believe we are connected to God, we are always fruitful. If our aim is to bear fruit, but that fruit will not come out of season. I want you to all take encouragement from the fact that we are all fruitful. We are not all producing fruit. I mean, there's, there's a big fruit in the front row. <laughs> Who is glad that they are not the ones producing fruit at the moment? <laughs> all the guys should be lifting their hands. <laughs> Now, the fact is that once Kirsty gives birth to this baby, are we going to look at her and say, well, you're no longer fruitful? <laughs> yeah, let's forget about that. Because there's, there's there's, we, we cannot see the fruit. Well, actually, we can because it'll be running around and, and uh, interrupting my messages. <laughs> I'm prophesying that right now. So how, how do we keep producing good fruit? John 15, verse 5, and I'm reading from the message because I think this, this really encapsulates it. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Our connection with God through the Holy Spirit is what keeps us fruitful. It's not a measure of our fruit that we need to be worried about. It's a measure of our connection. Because we go through seasons. If we go through all of our life measuring our productivity by the amount of fruit that we produce, we'll wear ourselves out, we'll do it in our own strength and we'll be separated from the vine. We have to have the courage, the internal courage, the, the faith in God that no matter what part of the season we see ourselves in, no matter what part of the season other people see us in, that if we're connected to God, we're fruitful. As long as we recognise that God wants us to be fruitful. Faithfulness is being connected to God. Fruitfulness is being connected to God knowing He wants us to produce fruit. It's not... God saying, well, when you get to heaven, I'm going to measure you by how much fruit you produced. It's actually how many vines you produced. See, we're not here to reproduce fruit. We're not here to reproduce kindness, love, patience, self-control. We're here to reproduce branches. We want more people to be connected to the vine. And we can then teach them to be fruitful. But the great thing about fruit is fruit doesn't reproduce more fruit. It reproduces more vines. Go out into all the world and make disciples of all men. Doesn't make, say go into all the world and make sure all men have lots of the fruit of the Spirit. It says make them disciples. And when they're disciples... You will know them by their fruit, which will be love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God wants us to embrace our fruitfulness in every season. Rhiannon. God loves what you're doing at the moment. But he says success, joy, contentment can be as much of a trap as failure. He says it's not your strength you need to be doing it in but his. He will enlarge your capacity, don't you try. He's got big things planned. But when you see his plans, don't try and rise to the occasion. God will build you to the occasion. Don't be afraid. He's got it under control. Exciting times are ahead. Jane. You have understanding that others don't. You are reaching out to people and giving them confidence. You're giving them a degree of certainty that other people can't, can't do because they can't see what you see. God sees what you're doing. He says, keep it up. Your worth is more than gold. Shirley, Cain. God says it's not just what's on the outside that he's watching, it's what's on the inside. He says he sees the battles that you fight internally. He sees the struggles that you have in your mind, in your hearts. And he says, call on me, I am with you. I will fight those battles for you. Don't rely on your strength. Ask God. He will come through for you. Justine, I had a word for you, but I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> Give us a minute. Nobody's in a hurry to go anywhere, are they? Oh, plenty of time. I'll see if I wrote it down. So you think I operate in mysterious ways. I've got nothing on God. Desmond, are you here? Yes, Desmond. I'd like to apologise. I prayed all week for you and all I got was that God is working in your life, be patient. And I really felt guilty because I thought every time I've spoken a word over you, it's been sort of a teaser. <laughs> and I sort of feel this is the same, but I don't know what you're doing in your life or what God is doing internally, but he's, he says, keep doing it. The time is not yet, it's coming, but he's watching and it will come to pass. So 
as I said, I apologise again. That sounds sounds teasing, but I'm. That, that's all I'm getting. I'd love to give you something concrete and say, this is what God says to do, but he hasn't. But he's there. He's, he's, he's in the mix. Stay faithful. That was it. Hello. Sorry, I'm easily distracted. You're searching in the wrong direction. Search your heart first. God will show you the road. The road will not be hilly. The road will not be bumpy. The road will be straight and smooth. You, you will look at that road and you will say, why didn't I pick that road before? When you, when you get that feeling, you will know that God has placed you on that road and that at the end of it is what you're looking for. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it, God says you see in part, you prophesy in part. That was just, that was just the seeing part. I had words for other people, but they're not here. Some of them might be over the, over the road, but... I get the feeling that all God wants to say this morning is that he's in our lives. The, the, the whole idea of the vine and the branches is that we connect with God. And that our fruitfulness has nothing to do with our productivity. Busyness is not a sign of holiness. It's our connection. And I believe God is calling us to have a deeper connection. I encourage you, pray more. In fact, God, is, God just doesn't want you to pray more. He actually wants you to pray specifically before you do things. Sometimes, and I'm guilty of this myself, it's, it's, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. Sometimes we do things and thinking, well, if it's wrong, I'll apologise afterwards. God's saying, let's turn that on its head. If you want to do something, pray about it first, then do what God tells you. Read the Word of God more. Anybody would think you're in church. Fancy preaching that we should read the Word of God more. It's a thing called the Bible. Get one. Step two, read it. Step three, read it again. Our fruitfulness is not dependent on our productivity. It's dependent on our connection. Can I ask you to stand with me? Next Sunday I want to talk a bit about the, the whole idea of how our fruitfulness results in seed, which results in I'll tell you next week. But before I close, I just want to invite you, if you're here this morning and you don't have a connection with Jesus Christ, like I was talking about the vine and the branches are what connect us intimately to our God. And 
I don't know whether you know much about viticulture, but you can actually graft branches onto a vine. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. We, we as branches get grafted onto God's vine. We get adopted into his family. So I, I, want, I want to ask you this morning, if you're here this morning, and you are, you are not part of God's family, you have not grafted onto that vine, you, you, you have not been adopted by God, you have not asked Jesus to be in your heart for the rest of your life as your constant companion, your Lord and your Saviour, then I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I can't act for God. All I can do is introduce you to God. In this church we do that by inviting you to join with me in a prayer that invites Jesus into your life to start a lifelong walk with him. And so can I ask everybody just to close their eyes, bow their heads. And if that's you this morning, you don't have a connection with our Lord Jesus Christ and you would like to make that connection this morning, start a life connected to the vine, the vine of God, then while every eye is closed, nobody's looking around, can I ask you to raise your hand high right now so that I can see it? Now, I'd love to pray a prayer with you. Thank you. I see that hand. You can pop that down again. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. You may have made this, you may have made this decision before, but you want to reaffirm that connection. You want to rejoin the family of God. If that's you th this morning, can you lift your hand too? Because I'd love to pray with you. Okay, can I get you all to look to the front, look to me. I want us to pray a prayer all together. And I want to especially, if you raised your hand this morning, to say this prayer boldly, out loud, declaring it before God. But I want us all, all to pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me. From this moment, I reject my old life. I take on a new life with you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Awesome. If you raised your hand this morning, somebody will come around and uh, uh, give you a pack to help you uh, move forward in your, your journey with Jesus and give you some advice on, uh, on the next steps to take. Fabulous. Just a reminder that next weekend is our missions offering.